Hey guys, welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny, the lead pastor. I pray that the message that you're about to hear is encouraging, uplifting, and honestly challenging as well. I want to invite you to join us in person Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street, or catch church online at 11 a.m. on our YouTube or Facebook page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I pray that you're blessed by today's message and that it helps draw you closer to Jesus. There's a saying that goes, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it 100% of the time. What this is trying to communicate to us is that if you walk through life aimlessly, you will live aimlessly. For example, how can you ever hope to grow in your career or get better at what you do or perfect your craft without a goal or striving towards meeting that end? How can you ever expect to lose weight if you don't first set a goal, enlist a plan, and strive towards reaching that goal? How can you ever hope to enjoy a relaxing vacation, listen to the waves beat on the sand, or feel the hot bubbles of the jacuzzi if you don't set a goal, book the vacation, work to have the money to pay for it, and strive towards that goal? It's insanity to think we'll be able to reach a goal without striving towards it. Yet that's how many people live their lives. Many of us live aimlessly and yet expect to reach this imaginary goal we haven't even set and refuse to work towards. It's the same with our spiritual walk. We have a goal that will be ultimately fulfilled when we're in the presence of God, right? I mean, what is that goal? It's to be rid of sin, to be wholly restored, away from sickness and disease, and ultimately to be in the presence of God and surrounded by His glory. But on this side of eternity, we're aiming and walking towards that goal. This is the language that Paul uses to help us understand our role in the tension between already experiencing God's grace, being forgiven and redeemed, versus growing in personal holiness, accomplishing the tasks laid before us, and being molded more and more into the character of Christ. The theological term that we used for this last week is sanctification. This is the process by which we're conformed into the image of Christ. So we're going to continue in a similar vein of thought as Paul expounds on this idea by speaking of the goal and striving toward that goal. For today, we're going to zero in on one verse. We'll be in chapter 3, verse 12. I got three big ideas in regards to striving towards the goal. And number one is we're all on a journey. Paul said this in chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already reached a goal, or am already perfect. Paul acknowledges that he has not reached this goal. The goal of being fully renewed, restored, redeemed in the presence of God. Paul realized that he was also on a journey, that he hadn't arrived. But Paul realized that God was still doing a good work in him. You know, compare that to the Judaizers who Paul refuted a few verses ago in chapter 3. Those guys were basically saying, we made it because we have kept the law and you can make it too. They thought much of themselves and would say that they acquired the goal through their rule-keeping. This is in stark contrast to the religious leaders of Paul's day. Think of the Pharisees whose rule-keeping, long elaborate prayers, and even the way they dressed communicated that they had arrived. It was prideful of them to believe that and that they were were God's gift to, to the people because of their religiosity. But when you come to Christ, pride gets replaced with humility. Here's what happens when you come to Christ. You realize your inability to save yourself. You realize that your works are like what Paul mentioned previously, like dung, rubbish, trash, 
incapable of saving. When you come to Christ, you also realize that as you're on a journey, so are your brothers and sisters in Christ, which means you're not better than your brothers and sisters. And it also means that you get to journey with others. There's a shared sense of camaraderie in the journeying together. We have a shared goal. None of us has made it. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, what title you have before your name or after your name or on your business card, none of us have arrived. But we can help one another and journey with each other. Have you ever done an activity with someone who was an expert at that thing? You know, let's say, for example, basketball. You can be really good at the sport. You can play with your buddies and be so good at basketball that you dominate, break ankles, just obliterate them on the court like you've arrived, like you're the next Jordan or, or LeBron and completely embarrass them. Or you can take your time, use your giftedness and knowledge of the game to patiently teach your buddies. You can show what techniques you've learned or, or here's how you hold the ball and, and you can share your knowledge of the game and take them on this journey with you as you improve and, and help them and improve as well personally. So Paul realizes he's not perfect. He hasn't made it. He hasn't reached a goal yet. By the way, this is the guy who boldly proclaimed the gospel plans in multiple churches, raised up, instructed, and sent out multiple leaders, pastors, and church planters, got beat silly for sharing the gospel, and is currently in prison for doing the same. I think you would all agree that that's a pretty impressive resume, but he still realized that he was on a journey. God was still doing a work in his life, and he wasn't done with him yet, and he wouldn't be done until he was in the presence of God. Do you realize that you're on a journey, that we are all on a journey, and we're on different places on that spiritual journey. If you're a little ahead on that journey, it's not to boast about your accolades, your spirituality, your knowledge of God, or your giftedness. It's to help others grow in all those areas. It's to journey with others, and it's for yourself to continue journeying and growing. Because we're all on a journey, however, number two, but... We strive towards the goal. Let's look back at verse 12. Let's read it again. He says this, Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it. Would you guys go ahead and underline where it says, make every effort. Paul didn't use his journey as an excuse to sit back and coast. He acknowledged positionally that he was a child of God, saved and forgiven by grace through faith in Jesus, a work in progress, and that nothing he could do can earn God's favor or salvation. But he realized that yet there was some striving to do. There was work to be done. There was a target to hit. Paul was one of the most hardworking men of the Bible. Most scholars believe Paul worked upwards of 10,000 miles on foot throughout his missionary journeys. That's about the equivalent of walking from New York to L.A. four times. Paul realized that his time on earth was limited, but he was going to make the most of his time to let as many people know about Jesus as possible, no matter the cost. The journey with Christ was not an excuse for him to not do the work of the ministry. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but we spoke about this a few weeks ago uh, from an earlier portion of Philippians, and we mentioned that we don't work for salvation but from salvation, from an overflow of gratitude, we joyfully strive towards that goal. And here's what that means. We don't excuse away our unwillingness to let go of sin 
and grow in personal holiness. We don't sit back with our arms crossed, basking in the fact that we're saved. We realize that what God has done for us is so good that others need a taste of it as well. That there's work to be done, they're striving to do, there's a goal, and we're not there yet, but we're heading in that direction. And what we can't develop is an attitude of laziness. We cannot adopt a lackadaisical effort towards squashing the sin in our lives with the Lord's help. Many of us are like this invention right here. You may have seen advertisements for this before. It's called an abdominal muscle stimulator. They advertise that you can get a six-pack of rock-hard abs without doing any exercise. Just put this on, enjoy that 2,500-calorie Big Mac and extra-large french fries, and the machine will take care of the rest. But yet, this is how many of us live our lives spiritually. We've got salvation obtained by grace through faith, but where's the striving? Where's the work? How are you running towards the goal? Again, not for salvation, but from it. Unfortunately for many Christians, and, and perhaps this is you, we happily strive towards our professional development. We strive towards you know, our, our personal health and wellness to get the physique that we want. We strive towards greater financial security, but we do not strive towards the only goal that matters, to know Christ. Why should we strive towards that goal? Well, because we're all on a journey, but we strive towards a goal. And number three, because Christ has rescued us. Let's finish reading the verse one more time. Not that I have already reached a goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Here's the why behind the striving. It's because Christ has taken a hold of us. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying, guys, I was doomed for destruction. My religiosity was condemning me. I was heading towards eternal separation from God. I was drowning in my sorrows and sin. That is until Christ came in and he rescued me and he saved me. And because of that, I'm forever indebted to him. Some of you have a difficult time understanding this because you don't realize you're drowning. And you will not accept salvation until you realize that you're in need of it. If you were on a boat that capsized and you found yourself in the middle of the ocean, it would be foolish of you to reject a lifesaver that was thrown your way. You can be a phenomenal swimmer, you can be super athletic, but the reality is that in the middle of the ocean with no dry land in sight, you can't swim forever and you will eventually drown. Not to mention that there's animals in the ocean that can destroy you in one bite or one sting. Yes, some of us are fully content with our ability to swim. I don't need a lifesaver. I don't need your boat. I'm a great swimmer. Look at me. I can do backstrokes. I can do butterfly strokes. I can swim forwards and backwards. However, you're oblivious to the imminent danger that you're actually in. You will never respond with an overwhelming sense of gratitude towards something that you are unable to realize you need. And until you see your need for a rescue, you will never understand your need for Jesus. And Paul is saying, yeah, I was religious. Yeah, I knew the Old Testament better than all of you. I was a Pharisee, but I was dead in my sin. And by the way, guys, I don't know if you know this, but dead people are incapable of doing anything. And this is what the Bible teaches us, that we are dead in our trespasses and sin. And what you need is not a better you or a better version of you. You need a resurrected you. And the only one who has the power to do that is Christ. He is the one who rescued you. I need you to open your eyes to see that you need Christ. 
Realize that your waywardness and sin is leading you away from the presence of God for all eternity unless you accept God's rescue through Christ Jesus. And ultimately, this is where the journey begins. It begins by putting your faith not in your good works, not in your charity, not in your religiosity, not in your traditions, not in your behavior, but in Christ alone. And if you yet to experience the rescuing power of Jesus, I just want to let you know that you can do so today. Simply call on the name of the Lord. Put your faith in Jesus. It was His death on the cross which covers your sin. It, it is His resurrected life which can give you new life. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, you have an opportunity to do so today. Paul realized that he was on a journey. He hadn't arrived. And the same is true for every single one of us. If somebody tells you differently, they're a bold-faced liar. But even though he was on a journey, it was an excuse to stay stagnant. He strived towards that goal. Why? As an overwhelming sense of gratitude for experiencing the rescuing power of Christ. Do you guys realize that you've been rescued by Christ? So what are you going to do with that? What did Christ rescue you to? What did he rescue you for? Are you living your life aimlessly? Ask God to reveal to you your next step in striving towards the goal. God, I, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude that, that you have us all on a journey. And because of that, Lord, we acknowledge and recognize that no one is better than another person. So help us instead to journey alongside of each other. God, I pray you would help us to strive towards the goal. We don't want to excuse the excuse of being redeemed and restored to simply stay stagnant. We understand that this doesn't earn not even an ounce of salvation, but we do so from an overwhelming sense of gratitude because Christ, it is you that has rescued us. God, there are some that are you know, listening to this right now, that are oblivious to the need of saving. They think they can swim in the middle of the ocean and do so of their own effort forever. And I just pray, God, that you would convict them of their error, convict them of their sin, open their eyes to recognize and acknowledge their need for you. And I pray that they would put their hope, trust, and faith in the only one who has the power to resurrect dead people. In Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. I want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub, 239 Stanhope Street, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And come on over, join us, come to the Sword Pub, let's worship together, let's get together, let's worship God together, let's learn and grow together, let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday?